Hello, everybody, and welcome here. Oh my gosh, just thank you once for showing up, actually, and being here with us. This is the first time for all of us. This is going to be a wild ride for us, for y'all. This is going to be brand new, and we're here for it. We're ready for it. But as a formal, welcome to the Overcharge Podcast. I am your host, Rainwater, and I am joined here by some names you might know by already, maybe a little bit familiar with, J08 and Big Fan. Guys, welcome in. Well, it's uh, it's definitely good to be here. Really excited to be here. Uh, for those listening around, my voice is associated with that J08 name. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited to be here. It's definitely, uh, I'm glad that Godspeed is, is taking the step in the right direction. You know, you see a lot of good ideas behind the scenes, but you know, sometimes those ideas just can't work out due to logistics issues, whatever. But this was an idea I really liked, and I'm really glad to see that it is, uh, it's coming into fruition. We made it to podcast number one, and we have a lot of fun topics on the docket today, and really excited to get into it. No, absolutely. And I'm also super thrilled that Big Fan here is also joining us, kind of a fellow content creator in the scene, also podcaster, so maybe he's going to be a little bit better at this than we are <laughs> and can give us some input and ideas on it. But Big Fan, thank you again, too, for joining in with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. You know, I think uh, you'd expect for me to be a lot better at this, but I'm still just completely <laughs> horrible. So shout out to you guys for having me. Shout out to Godspeed. Um, yeah, you know, you love to see more content being created in the Rocket League scene, um, especially surrounded by the RLCS, um, just because I think the, the eSport is blowing up so much. And so uh, it's kind of fun to get it on the ground level. Thanks, you guys, for having me. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Let's get into it. No, it's honestly this idea I know has been kind of tampered around a little bit with Wolfie and Neko, and it kind of finally got put into fruition at, I believe, like 5.30 in the morning when we were watching <laughs> Godspeed play. We were just like, we need to start this podcast like this needs to happen. And it finally pushed, broke the doors through. We're here. We're happy to be here. And we're going to kind of talk a little bit about what Overcharge is. That way, y'all have a little bit of background information about it. And y'all will get to know what's going to be the future for this podcast and why we're here. So a little bit of info just on that. A like APAC as a region, it's a growing region. And we're kind of here to talk about that. And we're here to kind of give it a voice put some faces to some names and have that region grow and blossom as it should and deserve to be. So with that, even with that, um, there's major, there's major regions that have been growing that used to be minor. And we're hoping this is going to be the future for APAC as a whole. And it's not going to be looked at as a minor region. And we're going to be here to push that news forward of this region that will be growing from this point on and forward. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we can have ourselves overcharge, uh, be accredited for getting us over an APAC, a few more, few more regional spots because you know two is two is almost criminal, let alone one for the the splits. So you know, <laughs> you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. It's uh, we're still pretty new around here, the new kids on the block. But 
Um, I we should start seeing some growth in the future. I mean, we already have. You know, we'll we'll get into we'll get into the specifics, but you know, you got the roster moves, the region transfers, all through APAC. I mean, it is it is clearly a growing region. I think I think it is undeniable that APAC is on the right track to grow. I'm really looking forward to it. But a little bit more here. So um, about overcharge, we just wanted to, as Rainwater said, cover a bit more on APAC as. Uh, since it's growing, it's really important that people stay up to date on it. And it can be really intimidating sometimes to try and get to know an entire new region of Rocket League. Because I know when I started watching, you know, ages ago in, in Rocket League terms back in around season three RLCS, um, it was hard enough to keep up with North America. And then, you know, you have Europe to keep up with and then OCE just getting into the scene. And it can be really intimidating to try and get to know some of those other regions. So hopefully we are able to bring some light and make that learning experience a little bit easier. And, you know, a little bit of background about Godspeed is we've been in APAC for a while. We had our first APAC team in the 2021-2022 split and um, we had some pretty good results. We ended up, our best result was top three in the region as a finish. So pretty well. We just recently got our new team for this season that they have been, you know, they've been stepping up, doing absolutely fantastic. Love to see that they are doing well. So we figured that everyone else behind the scenes at Godspeed, the players can make a name for themselves, but we're going to help make a name for APAC here to cover not only Godspeed, because, you know, we could be a little bit biased here. We are Godspeed after all. But, <laughs> but, you know, we can make sure that we are uh, we're covering everything else here. No, absolutely. And Overcharge, the whole kind of mindset around it, this is going to be made by RLCS fans for RLCS fans going forward. Even if you don't know what RLCS is, we're going to talk about that too, kind of going down the line, and we're going to highlight some of those people, those players, and big fan. Like, I'd love to hear kind of your point on that with APAC and kind of the people that make the region and are here yeah. to build the region. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I think what's kind of special about this Overcharged podcast is we're going to be able to kind of bring on some people that, uh, you know, you might not have heard of yet or um, players that you haven't heard of, guests like, um, you know, coaches, casters, different people in the scene. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can get some insight from them, learn, you know, how they got to where they were, um, some things that they're doing to improve and kind of what their outlook is for APAC and I guess the RLCS in general. So um, hopefully we can get some good thoughts from them, you know, and I think we're seeing a good progression from APAC going from, I think last season it was kind of called like, you know, more of a minor region. And now you're hearing the term emerging region. And I think next season it'll just be called, you know, a full-on region. I think, yeah, you're starting to see a lot more growth, a lot more talent. So hopefully we get to see, um, yeah, some, some good like interviews and good insights from a lot of the players and people in the scene. Yeah, and kind of going in with that, some of that growth and that talent, if no one really knows what Rocket League is, I'm just going to break down a really simple example of it. In the pro scene, it's basically 3v3 soccer playing with cars. That's as basic and ground simple as it gets. Typically, we're in a best of five, best of seven series, and with that exemplary talent, these players are the top 0.001% that are performing at their peak and a variety of age going in with that. This game, it is newer. 
when you kind of think of pro esports and kind of what started out and what's really, really high on top of the game right now, Fortnite, Dota, League of Legends, those are all all really big esport games, names, and really have growth exponentially. Rocket League, it only was created about seven years ago now. So it's still growing, it's still emerging, it's still developing. They're still coming out with new ideas, new maps, new game modes. And the talent has just grown alongside with it. Big fan's cat is in the way. (laughs) Shout out to my cat. And it's really just, it's incredible if you've kind of followed what I would say the Cinderella story of Rocket League and watch it grow as long along with the skill set and the level if you watched professional rocket league players seven years ago you would think it's a plat diamond maybe a low champ game but now it's unfathomable what some of these players can do under pressure and conditions playing against other teams from all over the world frankly so it's really incredible and it's it's been really just beyond words to be able to even describe how well the game's been growing developing talent wise success succession wise and what the future may be for us and may be for as a region as a game and what it's going to do to impact esports as a whole but if anything i kind of want to know a little bit more about the players so one of the guys you can kind of take it over what are we kind of talking about with the with the player base and kind of the statistics with that so as for what exactly we're seeing for those unfamiliar with uh rocket league esports in general we'll give a little bit a little bit of a background set the scene before we start getting into the specifics so rocket league in its most uh, popular competitive mode is three versus three so most teams you'll see have three main players uh, a lot of teams have a sub Uh, Teams will have coaches, managers to uh, help uh, improve the team, keep the team in check, schedule scrims and tournaments and uh, manage media, things like that. Uh, Every game of Rocket League is five minutes. That is, of course, assuming that there is no overtime, which can actually go as long as it takes for one team to be able to score that go-ahead goal in overtime. And what we normally see in competitive play is best of five and best of seven games. So best of five, best of seven being the team to take the majority of the games in a five or seven linked series being three and four games respectively will uh, move on in the tournament to that next round, depending on the format. But hey, winning is always going to give you some sort of advantage. It's a step in the right direction for sure. Uh, As for a little bit of statistics on the players, Players we normally see in these pro lobbies are the top 0.001%. That is that is a a astronomically small number. I mean that you have to you're looking at the top you know handful of players that are able to to compete for those championship titles. So it's definitely very competitive considering how much the player base has grown uh, since the game started in 2015. And Rainwater kind of mentioned it earlier that. Seven years seems like a long time, but when you look at the other extremely popular uh, esports, seven years is fairly young. I mean, as far as consistency, you know, you'll see a game come out, the esports scene will blow up, and majority of the time it'll end up dying down a bit. But Rocket League hasn't really died down. It, it improves in numbers every single season. So it's definitely been a, a bit of a staple in the esports community, I'd imagine. It's definitely a unique esport. 
uh, for sure. You know, you have the the dozen different shooters that you can see. And, you know, if you understand one shooter, uh, as far as watching esports goes, you'll generally understand most of them. But, you know, you have Rocket League that it's it's a complete own genre of game. I mean, I feel like well, uh, what a lot of people don't remember is that Rocket League was in the Tokyo Olympics. That is something that did happen. Rocket League and Street Fighter. Uh, it's I didn't something know that. that. Really, yeah, it doesn't really get talked about a lot. But Rocket League was, along with Street what? Fighter, the first esport in the Olympics. So it, it's Let's definitely a, a known esport. It's definitely something growing. I didn't know that. And I feel a little ashamed to not have known that. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, that's what we're here for to learn. And I, me, as a human being, learns <laughs> things every single day, no matter how old I am. And. Kind of going in with that, what's kind of the age range that you typically see some of these players with? So normally what we see as far as age goes regarding the players, uh, it varies a lot. And, uh, you know, as as it makes me feel old and I'm really not that old. Uh, so, old. So, <laughs> so player age is around 15 on the lower side uh, to 28. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the cutoff for... Uh, age to play in rlcs is 14 um, and is it 15 it's 15 yeah okay so you'll have players that are below the age of 15 that they're good enough to be there they're just waiting to meet that age threshold to play and i mean you'll see players at the ages like 12 or 13 already get their names out there in the scene because of how they are and the second they mm -hmm. turn 15 you know they get an offer from a tier one esports organization which i couldn't imagine uh, what that must be like at 15, like right as you turn 15 years old in life. I mean, you're so young and you already have that major uh, life-changing offer that can like really help you in the long run. It's 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 crazy what what esports are allowing the the modern generation to really be able to do. Yeah, and I mean, big fan. Like, what as far as some of the regions and kind of the formatting of tournaments? How does that kind of play into with RLCS and how it runs? throughout the year yeah so regions um is you know basically how the um all these teams are kind of split up for the majority of the year so you'll have teams from north america displaying north america teams um apac so asia pacific um those teams will just be playing um teams from just their region for the majority of the year um except for there are four tournaments throughout the year where there'll be an international tournament um and those basically are going to grab the best teams from every region together um and there'll be like i said there's going to be four tournaments there's going to be the fall there's going to be the winter the spring and then at the very end um to decide kind of who the best in the world is there'll be the world championship so um yeah and in those um tournaments they're basically just grabbing the the top 16 teams around the world um Right now, kind of each region has a different number of teams that are allowed to go. Um, that number seems to kind of change every single year. So like North America and um, Europe for the fall major will have um, five teams each, whereas, um, you know, a team like OCE is uh, or uh, Oceana is going to get two. And, you know, I'm sure there's a, a better link out there that can kind of give some numbers <laughs> on like all the um all like the number of teams that are going to go to each major, but that's kind of how things are split up. Um, and yeah, that, I mean, it's, it's pretty enjoyable. You know, I think, um, the, just when you're facing teams from your regional, um, I think the competition level is, um, at a pretty, 
you know, I think every every region is pretty much at a high higher level. But I think when you get to that international tournaments, the majors, I think that's where it's the highest level. So that'll be definitely the um, the tournaments to watch. And one of them is actually coming up here um, in the next month or so. Yeah, we have the fall major coming up. It's in the Netherlands. Um, I think that's kind of a first that's uh, going to be up there. It's going to be really cold. And golly, you could not find me there. <laughs> but kind of, I'm I'm just gonna finish off kind of what you were saying with a lot of the regions. We have your main ones, NA Europe, and then Rocket League has added additional regions within the last year or two. We also have South America. We have uh, Middle East, North Africa, which we call MENA, um, APAC, which used to be last season APAC North and South. It's now just combined as one. Oceania, and then we have uh, Sub-Saharan South Africa. So these are regions that some are new, some have been around since the beginning, some have grown, some have combined, and some have split away. It's it's honestly really interesting, and it's really cool that it's constantly growing as a game, and I'm not going to be surprised if a couple years from now we're going to have a lot more on there, or some of these are going to divvy out, even maybe split off to smaller ones, because right now, NA and EU, major powerhouses. You could easily split NA to East and West, and it would still qualify and still be fine. And with these teams, players may be designated or known for being in one region, but that does not stop them or limit them from moving regions. So easily, if one player is playing for uh, Europe one season, they can sw like swap right over to Oceania and North America if they wanted to. That is not under any limitations. Um, and lastly, kind of with that, you ha we have basically the seasons fall, winter, and spring. Typically, there's three tournaments within each region for each season. At the end of that season, there's a major. A certain number um, of teams that qualify in the top of each region will be invited to these majors to perform. These teams are performing for RLCS points. I'm not going to get too deep into that because it is a dark hole that it <laughs> goes down into. Yeah. But these players, uh, they're not necessarily going out for wins on how many games won. It's games won in totality that will result in points. It is a point-based system. It is a complicated system. So that could be one whole podcast in itself. And then for the last kind of um, season that's not up there, which would be, I guess, quote-unquote summer, is when Worlds typically is happening. So the World Championship was in August. It was very recent. And... Um, it was BDS that won, so that was an EU team. They were formerly known as some of the, some of and still some of the best and greatest players to perform ever, and it's, <laughs> it, it's a little shocking to say the least. And how some teams and players can perform a month ago versus how they're doing now, and with that, we're gonna kind of go into the next and talk about what teams kind of surprised us. Who didn't show up to these last tournaments, like, performance-wise? And this is going to be a new segment, and I'm super excited because this kind of came up with... It's going to be the sleepers, the supers, and the shockers. So we're going to try and rapid-fire. We're going to be really quick with this. We're going to each kind of explain our own opinion. Who's the sleepers? Who's the supers? Who's the shockers? And we're going to talk about this with, you know, mainly APAC, but we are going to discuss this among with NA and EU as well. So, um, 
Jay, would you like to start off with um, who is your sleeper, your super, and your shocker for APAC and possibly another region? I think, um, you know, it would be very easy for uh, to say James Cheese is a super team. Sure. Uh, for those that don't <laughs> know, James Cheese consists of uh, Virtuoso, who uh, came from Europe and moved into the APAC region to compete, uh, Kami, who moved from OCE uh, to play and compete. And Renegades. then to round it out, you have Realize, which Realize has just been a staple name in the APAC region as one of the, the best players in APAC for, I mean, as long as I can remember, Realize has, has been in the APAC scene forever. So, you know, you have a, they built a international super team and decided to move to APAC. And it's hard to, to say that they're not a super team and because uh, they've they've won the three events this season thus far, so definitely a dominant team. Only losing a couple games per tournament. They only they only drop a couple games, not in a series, in an entire tournament. Uh, the most recent uh, Invitational, they lost zero games in the Swiss stage, and they lost two games in the playoff bracket. So they played six series of Rocket Leagues ranging from best of five to best of seven and only lost two games so definitely definitely a super team there hard to say that they're not um i would say a a sleeper team a team to look out for recently has been grace's blaze refine they had a bit of a slow start but they were putting up some good results in the most recent apac tournament you know they were I don't like to say a team is 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 lackluster but they weren't putting up the results that they had wanted and you know come the invitational it seems like they got themselves together they almost took a win over detonator which is a is a very good team in apac they were able to beat broccoli in a sweep which was very surprising and they uh they couldn't quite find that same success in playoffs but they are improving and i'm very interested to see after the winter break where they fall uh finally for a Hmm, let's see here. Who do I have as a shocker? How about, let's look at, um, Gaming Gladiators is shocking, but in an interesting way. Um, another team with a bit of a region transfer, you have OSM moving in um, to play on that team, as well as, I believe Maxi also uh, moved into APAC for, uh, I'm not sure how long Maxi's been in APAC. I think Maxi's actually been in APAC for a little bit. But another super team that you would imagine would consistently be at the top two competing with James Cheese. And, you know, they do really good in the group stage. But when it comes to the playoffs, it seems like Gaming Gladiators are having a bit of trouble. They only got top eight in the previous uh, tournaments. So definitely interesting to see them not at the top where you'd think they would be. Yeah, I mean, the region, it's definitely way more different today than it was two and a half months ago. And that's kind of something I'd like to talk about in the future with one of our podcasts is kind of how this mega team of James Cheese has invaded and it's shaping up to change things. But if anything, I think it's good and bad changes with it. But we're, I'm, I'm not going to go way super, super close deep in with that one. But uh, big fan, what would be your sleeper your super and your shocker yeah i mean um 
I'm not gonna disagree with everything you just said. I mean, th those are great <laughs> points. So I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let those ride for APEC. I think those are great. Um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about EU um, because you know EU. We're coming up on the third tournament, the Fall Invitational, um, a big tournament since uh, a lot of these teams are still competing to actually go to the major. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll start it out with uh, the shocking the shocker team. Um, I think that's going to be Quadrant. So Quadrant's actually sitting in uh, they're in second place right now in the total rankings. Um, I think you know. All right. So anybody that doesn't know who Quadrant is, first of all, it's um it's going to be Cash, Exo, and Relating Wave. Um, they started yeah. out the year as Goldbridge Ball, um, a team that I think you know. I think if you were really good maybe you had them like in the top five i doubt many people had them in the top five though I, I definitely didn't um and yeah they they actually went to the grand finals last tournament um i mean they've they've looked really good um i think a big part of that is they actually brought on the analyst um buttery hotness he's been around the rocket league scene for a long time um he makes great content he, I, I think he's one of the best analysts out there so um i think he i think he's a big part of it exo stepped up a lot so they're they're my um, shocker team. I really did not expect them to be in second place right now. Um, yeah. As for let's see, I mean it's hard. You know, you got Carmine Corp in first place, so it's hard not to put them as a super team. But I'm gonna throw one out there. I'm gonna throw Oxygen. I think uh, I think they're a super team. I think uh, they won the first tournament, um, and then unfortunately they didn't make the top eight uh, in the in the Fall Cup. So um, yeah. that's Archie Joria's and Oli. I think that team has a ton of firepower, obviously a ton of big names. Um, and Oli, who is kind of a big um, a name that I think a lot of people were expecting big things from last season. So it's good to see him on um, a top five team now. And um, I think they are a super team. I think last regional was kind of um, unfortunate. I mean, I think everyone kind of has those tournaments now and again. Um, I think I'm throwing out auction because I don't want to say Carmine. Maybe I'm just, uh, I just want to do it for the content, something like that. Um, <laughs> and as for the sleeper, I think uh, I'm going to throw G1 out there. Um, G1 is the team of, uh, they're the, the Spanish team. It's got Mark Bait, Atomic, and Dorito. Um, Mark Bait, who used to be on BDS. Atomic, who's always been like a high-level player, and Dorito, who has been on some very good teams. Um, but yeah, we're starting to see him shine as well, so... Um, they performed pretty well in the first um, in the first tournament. The, the one loss they had was to Oxygen to go out, so um, who eventually went on to win, and uh, that was a game seven. So I really thought that team had a chance to actually go to the grand finals. And then last, uh, <laughs> you know what? Last last uh, tournament wasn't all that great for them. You know they they ended up going outside the top eight, but I really expect them to do well this tournament. So don't be surprised to see them make a run. Um, they're currently sitting at uh, 12 points overall, which is good for seventh. So, um, yeah, I, I actually I give them a good chance to actually make the major. I think it's kind of a, a long shot because there are so many teams competing for it, but I think G1's a sleeper team. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They're kind of a new name, but within the territory of it. And I guess I'm kind of going to wrap it up with N.A., um, sleepers. So I had a different sleeper a week ago than I did today. Um, a, a week or two ago, before this most recent tournament that NA just played in, I had I actually had Energy listed as a sleeper, and the reason for that was you know they their performance has kind of been declining since winter of last season, and 
I was hoping that it would kind of come up again, but they just had a drastic change. Sizz left or got kicked off, <laughs> but the team wanted a big a big change. They made a big change. They did away with Sizz, and it seemed to have worked, but this most recent Invitational, they did not perform well. Not as well as I hoped they were going to. For this fall Invitational, they 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 were at the bottom nearly. They barely squeaked by. They got done out by what I'm going to say as my sleeper and argue with me if you want to. I think Team Axel might be kind of brewing or making mm. something. I, I on, no, honestly, and the reason why I say that is because I was a semi oxygen fan last season. I like Toasty. I like Gimmick. And they are on this new team. They have switched over and they performed really well. They curb stomped energy mm. and it was hilarious to watch. Let's go. And honestly, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was refreshing seeing kind of a newer team, a rebranding of a team enter in this season with that confidence to take out a mega team such as known was energy so i think you know axel they're they might be a little bit undermined i'm gonna call them a sleeper at least this week i'm gonna call them a sleeper <laughs> i like that good pick yeah no and uh shockers gen g is my shocker i don't think anybody this season whatsoever expected gen g to perform this freaking well I, I've been blown away by their performance. Not going to lie. I've been throwing Appjack under the bus a little bit before he became with Gen G. I kind of thought he was falling off the wagon. Like, I, I was like, man, Dignitas. Like, I love Dignitas. I feel like Appjack's just not performing the way he should be, but maybe it was just the environment and the region. He's now in North America. He's with this new team. And... God, I, I I wish I could say some other words. They have just been doing exceptionally. And I'm I'm it's a good shock. It's a good shocker this week, at least. That's what I'm gonna say. In a the most positive manner. I mean, enough to where Rizzo had to make an apology video on Twitter about it. About <laughs> about what he said about Gen G not performing well or to the abilities that he thought they could perform at. So Good on you, Genji. I'm excited for this next major and how well, and I hope they perform against some of these other teams. And as my last, the I'm going to say as my super, and the only reason I'm going to say it is because they've been consistent. And that is FaZe. FaZe Clan has been sitting at either first or second place nearly for two seasons now. I mean... And they just took my favorite green wall, Mr. Mist, Mr. Nick Costello, on their team and added that defensive player that they needed. They had too many shooters on that team. One, AJ is a great player, and I like him being on Optic, but they had, it, it's kind of like one of those things, too many chefs in the kitchen. They needed that defensive player. Mist was the perfect pick. First killer is very consistent, typical, incredible. Right now, they are they have been consistently doing what they should be doing without falter. With Genji in the mix, we're gonna have to see for the rest of the season and how that plays out. <laughs> but 
That is my sleeper, my super, my shocker, as well as big fans and JO8. And since we're kind of talking about tournaments, why don't, why don't we talk about some standings? Kind of like what has happened as far as this fall invitational just happening. And now we're kind of going into the major. Like what is going to happen for APAC specifically? Who's up on the board? Who's kind of in the top? you know, maybe top eight, I would say. Usually top 16 is what we look at, but I'll say top eight because those are kind of the more known ones. And what changes have been beneficial with that and good for the region? So if anything, um, Jay, take it away. So going into a little bit about the APAC region, we've seen um, some interesting results, some unexpected results, good and bad. Uh, James Cheese, as mentioned before, consistently on the top. That's uh, they're they're up there. Um, Detonator and Gaming Gladiators in a very tight race for second place in the region. They're actually tied in points right now. Um, although APAC only gets one major spot in the in the uh, the seasonal majors, so it's yeah. not like the tie for second matters, but. You know, it is good to see that they're staying competitive. You have Godspeed and Tough Love uh, up around those next spots. Nimit 55, uh uh, Broccoli um, rounding out your top eight. Can, so, every, can we can we sign a petition to change Aha's name? I hate saying it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Aha's uh, on the board. <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was actually one APAC arena for those that don't know. Uh, APAC Arena is a bi-weekly tournament that uh, Godspeed hosts during RLCS off-seasons. That being said, we're about to have a little bit of an off-season as there's only one team from APAC going to the major. So those will start back up soon. They're every other Friday. I would keep an eye out for those. But um, there was one matchup, and I forget who was on the, the second roster, but I had to cast a match between Uh-Uh and Hmm. Those are the two team names, and <laughs> so it was terrible. Uh, it was uh, it, it was definitely a time to say the least. It was uh, it was a little bit rough, but uh, oh my god! Coming back a little bit to uh, to RLCS results, you know, we see um, gaming gladiators. I kind of talked about it earlier in a close race with Detonator for second, and it's kind of a it. The eyes are on gaming gladiators because they're a team that was supposed to be really good. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being tied for second, but they, compared to other teams, you'd expect them to do a little bit better. So the question becomes, do Gaming Gladiators need to have any sort of roster move? And if so, who might Gaming Gladiators be looking to replace? And who would they be looking to replace that person with? Hmm. Those are some good questions. Those are those, some spicy questions. Painful those are great questions. questions. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. You know, I, I watch a majority of North America and Europe. I do watch APAC occasionally, but I do not watch it nearly as much as it probably should be. So Bad. I'll let you guys take this one if you know, um, <laughs> you know, about roster changes, because I can, I can speak on some results in certain series. But in terms of kind of who's out there in the, the APAC uh, player pool, I'm not exactly sure on that one. Well, that's fine. I'll brag a little bit. So Godspeed. Um, uh <laughs> I knew who Kevin was before uh, he joined Godspeed. I think that alone and him pulling in from Oceana and kind of changing up the region a little bit 
clamps. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, clamps, which is defense for Kevin out there. So <laughs> hopefully he's watching that. But um, I think, honestly, Jay, you could disagree with me on this, maybe agree with me. I think it's good that there has been roster changes from other regions coming into APAC. And some people might be saying that it's diluting APAC and not kind of keeping the way of what it's from. But I think, if anything, it's increasing the bar. And it's setting the level higher for these players to have to catch up to and run to now. Where we want that skill level and that gap to be closed a little bit. And having some of these regions and players from other regions join into APAC is going to increase that skill level, set the bar a little bit higher. And it's going to make some of these people reach for the stars a little bit more. That's what we want to see. We want to see more of APAC and smaller regions into Worlds and making these rosters fearful. Make them a little scary. Make them not just be like, oh, brush off the shoulder. It's an APAC team. Oh, it's a South Sub-Saharan Africa team. You know, yeah, they're, 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 you know, we want that fear. We want that to be a little scary. So I'm not going to speak of names yet, just because I want to see what happens going in a little bit more and farther. But if anything, I think roster changes and the moves that have occurred, even though they are a little bit detrimental and they hurt APAC a little bit with James Cheese up there, just making so much of a blowout in a scene, I think it's good, ultimately. It's going it's going to be impactful, and it's going to be better in the long run with that. And Gaming Gladiators, I would say they have a lot of potential. I don't necessarily know if a roster move right now is what exactly they need, um, because, you know, they, they bring in the, the region transfer. It's still a very new team, you know. Not every team could be Gen G where you, you travel to another region and just find that success. That's not how it works. It's a project. So for yeah. the sake of gaming gladiators, will they need a roster move in the future? Maybe. Do they need one right now? If they're dying to, but I, I think they're fine uh, at this yeah. point in time, especially considering that um, they're not so really... Early. Yeah, they're not fighting for a, a region spot at this point. I mean, the lead yeah. that James Cheese has is just increasing as time goes on, and it's going to kind of become a catch-up race as the season goes on. And to touch on that a bit more, James Cheese, they're, they've been getting less and less dominant as time goes on. I know I talked about in the most that recent tournament, true. they you know only lost a handful of games, but it seems as if these teams are putting up more and more of a fight as these seasons go on. And it kind of becomes a matter of how long will, will James cheese's reign uh, last <laughs> because, you know, now that the APAC, the three tournaments in the fall are over, James cheese is focusing on worlds there or the, the read the international events. I'm just accustomed to calling them worlds, but <laughs> it's a, it's an international event not to be confused with the world championship, but, worlds kind I mean, of but jay think a little bit smaller too do you think they'll be able to make an impact at will apac with james cheese kind of branding the name for them make an impact this fall major do you think i think they'll be able to yeah? i because a, a big thing to keep in mind as well is that the majority of players on james cheese are located in japan meaning they can play scrims with uh, on on Western U.S. servers and be fine. So they yeah. they geographically have themselves a bit more of an advantage of say you know teams located closer to the 
the western parts of, of Asia Pacific. They're as far east as it gets. They're as close to the United States as possible. You know, one of the yeah. two most competitive regions, just bar none. So uh, they, they're at an advantage. And I think going into the fall major, they're going to be practicing against those teams that are willing to play on those those US West servers because you know we talked about it before James Cheese consists of players from around the world they're a good team teams yeah. from NA are going to want to scrim them it's not something that James Cheese is going to have to beg for like oh please scrim us we need the practice they're yeah. a good team that if you're if you're in North America you will absolutely take that opportunity to scrim them because you know, it's this team of of dark horses that essentially went off the radar from their own regions for a few months. And now they're about yeah. to show up at the international event like these teams from uh, North America and from Europe. They want the experience that they can get against these teams that have gone off the radar because you don't know what to expect out of them. You don't know exactly what they've been doing. You can watch their games, but you're not really going to learn that play style until you find yourself playing against it. And with that, I think. James Cheese should be able to show up. Uh, will they? Will they top win eight? the whole? Will they top win the eight? whole thing? Who knows? Will they get top eight? I think they're capable of it. They I think they'll be close. They definitely will be close. It depends because uh, you I, know like, I, I want to be hopeful. Good and bad tournaments. <laughs> so it's That's it's true. a little bit tricky because you know you look at Oxygen for example. I know we we touched on that one earlier. They have their very dominant first place finish. And then next tournament, they get top 11. Is Ox Does that mean Oxygen's a bad team? No. They just had an off tournament. You don't know <laughs> which teams are going to be able to show up at these tournaments. I know, at least for the sake of the uh, the world finals, no one expected BDS to just show up and win yeah. the whole thing. Even during the tournament, people were just, you know, like they were batting an eye uh, towards BDS and they were looking, looking towards other teams to win. You know, you had Moist, you had G2, you had Furia. Uh, other teams that people are watching, keeping keeping in the back of their minds, and BDS just came out of nowhere, won the entire thing. So, um, well, they had some of the it, best it players. I think, I think James Cheese. If if things go right for them, they could absolutely get top eight. And yeah. I think, nonetheless, they should be able to pick up a series win, minimum. I think I think that's as as close to a guarantee as we can get. And I think it would be shocking and very impactful if they got APAC up there on the board and got even if they get a top six, that's gonna be stupid. <laughs> People are gonna be like, What? <laughs> like, when did this start happening? This is such a new change. And kind of being at the top and leading APAC, we're kind of left in the dust with some of these other teams that used to run APAC, and we're gonna talk about ourselves again. Godspeed, what do they need to do? To kind of break that that ceiling and get into the top four and move up into a top into a top two perhaps to qualify for worlds or at least for a wild card we want to go <laughs> absolutely we want to go i think for the sake of godspeed it seems like a, a really gimmicky answer but i think they just need time and the reason being is because Godspeed, they're proving themselves. I mean, watching them play, they have a phenomenal play style that they're just getting acclimated to. And I think the more experience they get with this play style, especially a lot of APAC-based teams have very sporadic play styles, meaning they kind of bounce back between different uh, like ideas of how to play the game. And 
you know, sometimes that can help if you want to essentially confuse your opponents by <laughs> changing how you play multiple times throughout the game. But a lot of the times it'll it'll lead to a lack of confidence in yourself. You know, you're trying to bounce back between different play styles and then you can't really take the time to hone in on one and focus. And so you're kind of spreading yourself too thin. So I think Godspeed, they're taking the time and it seems like they are learning what they need to do. And they've shown that they can get top four. It, yeah. it, it's not a matter of if they can or they can't. Can they absolutely can. Yeah. And it'll definitely be interesting to see one uh, small note to keep in mind. We didn't really talk about it earlier. We talked about the uh, over the seasons, the, the geographic seasons. Uh, there are three tournaments per region and then the one major. Well, a key part there is that in each uh, in each season, there it's a different format so we saw the swiss format feeding into a a playoff bracket here in the fall but you get to the winter and you have group stage so you'll just have four teams in a group playing each other it's not swiss anymore so it'll be interesting to see how godspeed reacts to that format and see what exactly they're able to do yeah now it's going to be really good and it's going to be very forthcoming and impactful in a positive manner no matter what happens regardless we have some representation. We are growing. We are becoming not a minor region anymore. And one of the faces of this, what I'm going to say used to be minor, I think we're growing and I think we're excelling. And that is our guest host that we have on, or not guest host, our guest caster, I guess. He's not casting right now, but he's going to join us on the show. And you may have heard him. You may have seen him. It's Mr. Jex. How you doing, man? Welcome in. Thank you for being here. It's great to be here. A little, little correction, Gex. With it a is hard G. Oh! hard G. There you go. I <laughs> was oh, no. saying Gex, the and they we said it was it. Jax. Always the Americans. <laughs> we're blaming. We're blaming that one. Uh, we're gonna blame Wolfie for that one. How about that? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Pretty sure I literally said Gex. Yeah. Literally said <laughs> Gex, and everybody was like, "No, no, it's Jax. It's Jax." And we literally put that in the comments, like we misspelled your name on purpose, so we would say it. There's Wrong. so many so discords <laughs> for the players and everything. It's an ongoing joke that I have a J E X as my as my name on like all of the player discords. It's it's a thing, man. It's a thing. All right, Gex, <laughs> the owner of One Esports, and God, we I we kind of want to talk about you a little bit. Kind of pick your brain, if anything. You're here as a caster sure. representing APAC right now. Kind of give us a little backstory. What got you into that? How did you frontline yourself into this position, into the chair you're sitting in right now? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't something I ever intended to be doing, really. Uh, I gotta say, I think there's a lot of people who have gotten into casting because that's kind of their dream job. They've seen the other people doing it and got in. The, got in there. I've been a little bit lucky uh, with a few things dropping my way. Uh, I, my health's really bad in real life. I was looking for something to yeah. just kind of keep my time. Uh, make me feel useful and everything. So I started getting into the design part of eSports. I actually worked under um, uh, Findable Carpet, you'd probably remember if you, you're going back a few seasons of RLCS, uh, the other voice behind the This Is Rocket League clip. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was he was great working on his tournament there as well. Uh, 
And uh, the Tasty Tea uh, from One and E heard about me, picked me up as a designer, and one day he was like, "Look, you and uh, your friend, I brought a brought a guy with me. Um, uh, funny, do you guys want to jump on the mics and try casting for our charity tournaments? Just a just a small section, doesn't doesn't matter too much. You didn't have fun with it. We were like, this is a terrible idea. Let's do it. <laughs> so, hey, those are inspirational. Um, yeah, those are the best stories it. to tell. Yeah. Um, and the other casters that were doing the main serious part, they said, look, you've got, you've got some, uh, talent for this. Uh, if you want some, some where to go with this, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll hook you up. I didn't really want to go down that path. Not straight away. Anyway, you, you gotta have your connections eventually, but I, uh, applied to some American, uh, tournaments, some lower level stuff, got in, um, cut my teeth on that. And then, um, came back for the old, uh, um, APAC, uh, yeah, the APL uh, back in the day. So yeah, it's it's been a long ride from there. I think I've been casting now for about five years. That's awesome. And I just want to bring up, you did mention it, 1NE. Like, mm. talk about that a little bit. Like, kind of, I want to know what that org is and how you represent. Like, what is it to be and what, what does it mean to be an owner of an esports organization? That's kind of a fairy yeah. tale for some people. Uh, I'm st- <laughs> look, I'm still I'm still working it out myself, honestly. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> another thing I never actually intended to do. I, look, I've just I've been so welcomed into Asia that I felt the absolute need to give back. Obviously, one and e was my first introduction into Asia as well. Back then, we were just a community org, and we uh, we owned the APL, uh, the Asia Pro League. So we were like the premier organization at the time, really pushing Asia ahead. At the time um, that I joined, we were kind of in this transition where APL was splitting off from us, becoming its own entity. Uh, Nishant, uh, Chaha Nish, a lot of people know him as, the now region um, head for RLCS for APAC. He was the uh, the main head for that. They split away and um, won an E kind of became this team org uh, uh team org yeah this this juggernaut in in APAC they had the uh the one and e glory stone team that was the most successful team in Asia for years and years and years uh the first ever Asian team to go overseas competed in DreamHack Montreal um yeah it was it was amazing to to see this kind of reign of one and e for a long time um Misty was part of that team as well uh, yeah. So uh, um, it was a long road with him, with us. Uh, but yeah, it's been a really big journey for that. I now having taken this on the the old owner. You know, it, there's just been things in his life. He's had to take a step back, and he went, "Look, you're in a position to really do something with this to benefit Asia." Um, we've always been about you know the community. Um, so I've been putting the money in myself. I've been putting the work in myself. I do like ninety nine percent of the uh, stuff. Yeah, I do have a great team backing me, but there's uh, only so much they can do. Uh, it's all volunteer at the moment. Um, yeah, mm, it, we're, we're, we're back to being that uh, that community org, organizing tournaments and stuff like that. And uh, being an RLCS caster, I, I can't own the teams anymore. So that's been something we've had to get away from. But uh, yeah, it, it's still, I, I see a long journey ahead of us. We've still got more plans. Yeah. That's awesome. And big fan i'm sure you have some questions as well um i do yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll get into them um yeah so i mean i'm assuming that you play rocket league yourself like quite a bit i mean this, or are you yeah. like more i guess you know now that you're kind up of up till 6 a.m <laughs> is that right <laughs> yeah that's the awesome. grind man 
Um, yeah, all right, I got a few of them for you. I'll rattle these off. So, uh, you know, looking around the APAC scene, is there any, like, specific player that you like their car design the best? Their car design? Mm, I, I have actually had to think about this. Like, my, my initial answer would be... Max you or maybe even Kevin uh, both have had some pretty yes. awesome uh, <laughs> car designs but I've got to take it away from at least Kevin because I know ah! that he's brought a battle bus on and nobody who's brought a battle bus on a vehicle can hold that go. trophy No, nobody <laughs> the has the cojones to allowed. bring a battle it's bus on a, except Kevin <laughs> let's go yeah, yeah. That guy's a I, monster. I think, I think there's been a couple, I actually. I, uh, I hate to say it, but APAC has represented the battle bus. <laughs> <laughs> love it. You love to see it. All right, and now, now you specifically. Is there any, like, Rock League item that you think is, like, really underrated or that, like, you just love the item? rock? The halo. I, I do not run a Ooh. car that does not have the halo on it. Mm. Uh, not that's one. That's a signature? I, like, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a Gex guarantee, I guess. I love <laughs> uh, it. Yeah, I got, I got multiple guarantee. colors going. Yeah, it's, but whatever it is, it's going to have a halo on it. I, 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 I agree. No toppers for the most part. The halo is the exception. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'll, I'll, I'll let that slide. I'll let it slide. Wait, is it painted though? You got painted, or just you just run, yeah, running yeah, with it? Yeah, I got painted. I, I'm running the black one most of the time. I got I got an aqua on there. Uh, I got like the the Gex theme colors uh, happening on a few of the cars. Yeah, nice. just imagine a battle bus with a black halo <laughs> on it. Just oh, don't know. You're trying to convince me of the battle bus. It, it, it's not gonna happen. I'm trying to it's work it happen. in a little bit. It's it, 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 it could be done. It could be done. Just wait. Just wait. But right. Jay, back over kind of with you too. I, I know we're all kind of trying to pass it around a little bit and ask a few questions. Yeah, uh, the one question that I did want to get on the table is, you know, you're, you're gaining that experience working with the the RLCS team when it comes to mm -hmm. APAC. What exactly is the environment like behind the scenes? Is it is it pretty pretty sophisticated, pretty professional, or do you guys like to have some no. some fun little shenanigans behind the scenes? <laughs> I will not show you the screenshots from that chat. That, sure, sure. There are there are secrets that we, we would would bring us all down for sure. As a, What's as your a, Venmo? As a, everything is going <laughs> to go down. <laughs> How much do I need to pay you to reveal some no, of these secrets? It's, it's it, there's a lot of fun back there. Honestly, we 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 don't. I don't think we keep it too professional. I think that's the right way to put it. Like it's it, we we do have a lot of fun with each other. I think we're all close friends there. Uh, the the Bass and I got into a bit of a fight over the whole uh, who was the who was the the big contributing player to the loss of the the gaming gladiators thing. Ooh. But we love each other. We we are all like big friends. Uh, we talk outside of RLCS and uh, yeah, it's it, it it's a very very there's a lot of jokes being passed around and for the visitors we've had to the APAC uh, RLCS, um, when they see the the chat that goes on in the background while we're casting, even uh, a lot of a lot of the the guests have just been like, "Yeah, this is this is a really fun environment." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you want—kind of just something chill and relaxed, and you know, it, it's well, it good not to like, take yourself so seriously. It helps yeah, exactly. de-stress. And it helps keep the the stream fun as well. Like uh, nobody wants to just be watching stats be chucked out. That let's yeah. be honest, if you're if you're into Rocket League enough to be watching RLCS, you're not there for the obvious statements. You're there for the fun. You're there for the uh, entertainment factor. And I, I think it does keep that high. Absolutely, and you certainly add to it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I try. I try. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm hoping the mustache is bringing a little bit of uh, the amusement factor as well. I, I hate like this it. Thing. I like it, man. We need more of it. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll keep it for a while longer. Hey, no I'll, shave I'll, November. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell my wife that it's your fault. There you go. No shave November. <laughs> yeah, that's what it. That's what it's for. It's uh, doing it for the charity. Exactly. And uh, Jay, do you have anything else to kind of end out with that? Or that was a uh, deep question, man. <laughs> that was a good I question, think, though. I think the one, the one question, and 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 you know, you don't have to be biased here, but you know, just keep in mind we are on the uh, the Godspeed channel. Who who are your teams to look out for going into the the winter split for APAC? I've I have always been a backer. I mean, I can't not back my own boy Misty like he's he's been in the background for one and E for so long as well like he's done so much for the community he's gone away he's gotten so good like you guys are at the top of that list for me I think backing that up one of the biggest improving teams that are still in that top eight section as well they've already got that head start over some others has to be uh uh-huh for me um making a top four finish last time yeah I I think both of you guys really leading it up maybe a little bit of uh bias to the apex south side I did see in in the list of potential questions there what's your spirit animal can i just can I just shout out gecko <laughs> that's, that's the one that you want reason so for the gags. yeah that's been that's, waiting for yeah, it the whole time yeah. <laughs> it's the story for gags if you're from the 90s you know the video game it's fine <laughs> i love it and i love how that was like i want i want to talk about this <laughs> i'm 30 <laughs> next year i'm old i have to acknowledge the heritage it's <laughs> hey that's fair, and I'm I'm glad you at least put our name up there because I was about to say, man, I got some words oh, to pick with you it would be, after it would everybody be voting for, for Detonator a few to. weeks ago. <laughs> mm. Hey, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. You want to pull? Oh, a clip? Uh, no, that day it was. That day it was because of Misty, and he played phenomenally. That was he unbelievable. Did. Everybody was like, "Well, if they can do that with a broken hand." <laughs> exactly. I was I was hosting the the watch party, and I was like watching all of y'all up there, and everyone said detonate. I was like, "No!" <laughs> like I was like screaming at the TV. And I'm like, not one person said Godspeed. Yeah, and that, that's I don't often regret picks. I I'm quite. Ha- often happy to be wrong on them but i don't often regret the picks definitely regretted the detonator pick on that one they deserved the one at least well good at least you regret it and you know moving forward (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh, man jex thank you gex oh my god i did it it. i did it it i actually tried i tried to be sincere it would be on on brand for me for you to have been joking about that well yeah you just need to market that and uh make a lot of royalty money off of it exactly (laughs) i'll just trademark both both names yeah do both (laughs) gex thank you so much for taking time out of your day joining us answering some of these burning questions knowing what your spirit animal was definitely at the top of the list but (laughs) huge the gecko it's it's been a pleasure to have you on here and great to come on yeah and actually get to kind of speak with you on what's going on in the world behind the scenes with apac and what's going to happen moving forward perhaps so thank you (laughs) thank you we'll catch you guys later catch you guys later yeah and we're yeah bye bye gex gex gex, gex. Yeah. everybody yeah. say it gex gex gex, gex. Yeah, yeah. gex. there we go <laughs> we got it we got Glad it we, we got it this time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we finally got that and after wrapping up that craziness that just happened i think we need to kind of finish out the train of questions our thoughts with what craziness has been happening in these regions like 
Gen G dominating the scene. How surprised? Like it was shocking. It was surprising. I kind of brought it up earlier. Like what have been factors into this domination? Who are other dominant craziness factors? I mean, there's been a lot of craziness, a lot of chaos that's been happening in the NA EU realm. We need to talk about it. Whoever wants so. To it's it's easy to start with North America because, you know, they've had three tournaments to look at. EU is still waiting for their third. So a bit more results to look at in North America. And it's interesting to see there are more teams that are finishing in inconsistent spots than not. You know, yeah. you have phase first, second and top eight. Gen G is one of the most consistent teams with two top two finishes and the recent win. You have mm -hmm. G2 with two top fours and a top 11. Uh, Space Station's been consistently yeah. top four. Furia is around top eight with uh, one exception a little bit lower. They're not um, doing as well as I thought they were going to, honestly. Which I is thought Furia was going to be really up there. Especially with how well they did at Worlds, it's it was. I think everyone was backing them. I think they just under everyone understood that Furia was going to be a, a a a top team in North America whenever they went through that region transfer, and then all of a sudden they're middle of the pack, right around NRG right now. I mean, but those things happen. BDS got wiped out like in the first round of the Spring Major, and then they won Worlds. Like we thought they fell off, and then they're back on. They were up on the top podium, holding up a trophy. <laughs> winning it all so it, it happens that way but yeah i kind of had i'm not gonna lie i'm a little disappointed i had higher expectations and i was hoping furia entering the scene was gonna be more impactful i thought they were gonna have a a harder punch it's kind of been a little like a like hitting a pillow on somebody <laughs> like you know they're there but it's not it doesn't hurt enough <laughs> yeah that's very surprising to not see him um I mean, they're they're not making it to the major. We already know the NA team, so yeah, that's very surprising. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of got NA up there, G two, eh, kind of looking a little little teetery, especially after getting four would by Gen G. They've been, I I mentioned Phase, you know, being consistent. G two has also been very consistent, and have been very consistently in second place. They cannot get a first place for the life of them, even at Worlds, having another opportunity with that. But it seems like they're kind of going to be in somebody else's shadow again, possibly, this season. And we're going to have to see potentially a change, potentially Gen G continues dominating, Space Station is rising. They're now not a top eight. They're becoming a top four. Version one, consistent. They're kind of up there as well, staying up there in the top four, top six. Uh, they won one of the recent, uh, the Fall Cup. Was it the Fall Cup or the Open? They they won yeah, the one of those. Yep. Yeah, the Fall Cup. I mean, kind of some names that were in the sixth to eighth place range. They're kind of pushing up a little bit. Some of those names that were in the top four kind of going down a little bit. And it's going to be interesting to see. I know we're at the beginning of the season, what goes on and goes forward from there. But Europe, I haven't been tracking it as much. Maybe y'all have a little bit more input on the European sector on the side because I'm, I'm a little behind, not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, talking about Europe, I've already kind of talked about some of the teams over there. Um, I think one of the big question marks over in Europe right now is Team Vitality. Um, so they didn't actually qualify for the first tournament. So that was huge. And um, obviously, they didn't get any points towards the major. 
Um, but then actually last tournament, they, they ended up top four. Um, they actually beat some the, some solid teams as well. They beat Oxygen, who, I mean, some people said that they were having an off performance, but they also beat Moist, um, as well yeah. as the other the other two big ones were uh, EG and Tundra, and they, they end up going to Game 7 against Quadrant. So um, I think, yeah, that, that they're kind of a big question mark team. You know, um, how is Sazen going to do on that team? Uh, especially with kind of the inevitable move of Zen coming onto the team. So I don't know that that team really is. I just have no idea. They could, you know, go to another top four, or even, you know, a championship or they they could go outside top eight. That's definitely a possibility. So um, those are some teams I've been hearing more and more. Tundra Quadrant. Mm-hmm. Those are names you did not hear spoken of last season at all. I saw Quadrant, but they were like at the bottom of the top 16 in and out occasionally. But these are kind of two teams that are kind of hopping in here, replacing some old names and making some new teams and headlines from it. I'm kind of here for it. I'm I'm excited. And I like seeing new teams, especially yeah. making a domination at a presence. V1, perfect example. They came in on the seam hot and heavy, moist it as well, and they did well. And kind of with that too, moist, I'm a little disappointed. Not going to lie. I'm a little mad about that team. I'm a little salty about the tier still. <laughs> yeah, that that oof, that Vatira move, and obviously it's working out well for him. I mean, yeah. Carmine, Carmine's currently sitting in first. Um, they just won the last one. They're looking pretty dominant. They're probably, I don't know. I the mean, new BDS. It's, uh, they seem to be the new BDS, and who's BDS the new team? You know, I, I like who are they the new of because they're Ooh, they're yeah. looking pretty rough. Um, I mean, hmm. two top eights, but that's as far as they went. I mean. I don't know. I yeah. mean, BDS, they're, they're tied with fifth. Are they the new energy? I think that could be. That definitely the, could it, be. Ooh, that's not a good thing to be the new energy. <laughs> and that also, is I, not a compliment. <laughs> I think there is something about teams that were dominant kind of last season and then going into a new season, they always start out. They always do okay, but they always kind of like as the season goes on, they seem to get worse and worse. Like energy and vitality, like RLCSX, they were actually the two teams that won their regional championships because there was no worlds um and then the next season i mean you saw vitality go all the way down until they just got this new roster move this season and then nrg really like they made the fall major and they actually went to the championship but after that they really went downhill um yeah pretty pretty consistently so i don't know i don't i hope that doesn't happen to bds but with like the tweets coming from um seiko and monkey moon kind of hinting at like well, yeah, I should have retired after we won the championship, things like that. You got to worry yeah. that the mental just isn't in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of were even bringing up some big names. Uh, what used to be, at least, considered an absolute powerhouse of a team has not been showing up. And that's Solary. The new Solary is Kadop, Fairy Peak, and Chaussette what I would think would be a pretty disgusting team. And when I say disgusting, I mean that in the absolute best way possible. <laughs> like they're they're nuts. Like they're disgusting. Like they're they're so good. They're just too good. They're not really doing that well. I think they're like twelfth or thirteenth. Which when you're saying you're the twelfth or thirteenth best in Europe, that's pretty good. But in total standings, they're not really showing up. But Kind of like what you just said, Big. 
some teams, they start out here in the beginning of the season, and then they go down. And then some teams, they're down here, and they go up throughout the season. So maybe they just need to get a feel for it a little bit. And some of these teams may go up, go down, even out a little bit in the middle. We're not sure. Yeah. Yeah, for how big <laughs> those names are, that's really surprising. Yeah, but uh, just sometimes you got to put the horse down. People got to retire. Oof. <laughs> Ouch. You I know, love K-Dop, don't get me wrong. And Fairy Peak, I love them too. They're monsters, but they just you got to you got to hang up the controller sometimes on the pro scene and just I'm not going to talk about squishy. I want to throw one thing out there real quick. <laughs> um talk about a team that nobody's even talked about. Dark Zero over in North America. The team oh, of yeah. Turbo Pulsa, Zanil, and J-Pal. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. there's still a team. People completely forgot about them because, uh, yeah, they haven't qualified for a single tournament. No. that Yeah, I remember when Roster Mania was happening and Turbo kind of had that meme of a video that he was going to be leaving his what was his team last season and becoming a free agent. And joined this team and it, it kind of seemed like a last resort move almost because I was kind of like after you know it'd been a month teams were forming names were of teams were being already put up it's like is Turbo Pulsa gonna compete again and then that happened and I was kind of confused about it and I was like I don't know if that was meant to happen or if that was kind of like plan D for him and yeah. it was because he didn't get picked up by anybody. Right. That man's got more world championship wins than anybody else in history. He doesn't need to compete anymore. <laughs> he can right. retire. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he does or what, what he does. He could be. He's, he's thrown out that he could move back to Europe, but who knows? Who knows what happens? Yeah. Well, everyone kind of knows based on some of the moves, NA has kind of been where a lot of the money's been and people have been following that, whether they win or not. And that's their prerogative. And I like Turbo Puzzle. I hope he makes some moves and they make a little bit more of an impact in NA. I won't keep my hopes up on that, but that was a very good point, Big. Yeah. I totally forgot about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I totally forgot about, isn't Turbo, is he a four or a five time? world champion four four okay yeah i know i know and also in two different regions so mm -hmm. in na and eu but wrapping up with that like a legend as turbo pulsa is j08 big fan thank you so much for joining me and for making this happen and picking your brain giving some thoughts and it's been a good time i've enjoyed it yeah, it's been really fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and we, uh, good time having a having a nice little chat about Rocket League. I can talk all night about this, and I know nobody wants to hear my voice for more than like an hour and a half at most. So, with that, our producer's <laughs> been listening to our voices for almost an hour and a half, and I want to give a shout out to him too. Mr. Storm Warrior has put a lot of time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears into building this podcast alongside with Wolfie and Neko our owners of Godspeed Esports and Storm, my brother, I'm Rain, you're you're Storm. We're 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 from we're from Mother Nature, man. We're we're all under the same cloud. Thank you so much for making this happen. And uh thank you 
everyone, viewers, watchers on Twitch for tuning in, for listening to us, and for and for listening on Spotify as well. We appreciate it, and we're going to make this a routine deal. This is going to be Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific? Yeah, that's right. 4 nice. p.m. Pacific, and uh, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> And uh, we are going to be uploading it on Spotify here soon, so keep a lookout for that. If you you know don't want to look on Twitch, if you want to listen to us in the car on the way to work, at work, we don't care. We just like you to hop in and listen to us chat every once in a while. Please do, and keep an eye out for that. But my name is Rainwater, and this was episode number one of Overwatch and or Overcharge, not Overwatch. I'm sorry, I'm looking at I'm looking at news now. <laughs> overcharge and we're gonna say sayonara see you later till next time say goodbye guys <laughs> later <Goodbye. laughs> see you guys <laughs>